2: Audible proudly celebrates 50 years of hip-hop. Respect the movement. Respect the moment. Celebrate storytellers. Here are new hip-hop titles on Audible, free all summer long, including words plus music volumes from Snoop Dogg, Yasin Bey, and Lil' Kim. Ooh, Brooklyn's own. DJ Dramas Gangsta Grills feature in the mixtape legend and conversation with hip-hop greats, including... Two Chains, Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, Jeezy, Ti, and Pharrell, and binge-worthy Audible original docu series like The Greatest Day, Can You Dig It, and The Motherload. Hear unforgettable hip hop originals like these and other essential stories on Audible. Listen free. Go to audiblecom GG.
0: Ski double then ski dump day, ski dab then, ski dump day, ski dump then de-do-do-do And she says she needs more than a friend. That's all I ever been, yeah. Well one day you gon' overstand. And I remember the first time that I met you How could I forget you When you smiled and I turned and I said to you "Yo, Yo, You're pure and true I'm in love with you In love with you In love with you In love with you I'm in love with you in love with you in love with you in love with you yeah I'm so in love baby I don't care what your mama say I'm so in love baby I don't care what the preacher say no
2: I'll leave it there
0: <laughs> okay well
2: praise the lord niggas praise <laughs> the lord you don't
3: know that song no idea
2: oh okay that is Erica Badu and Damien Molly. okay I just in love with you okay
3: that makes oh, sense oh Stephen
2: I'm sorry Stephen not Damien
3: child. I did not I mean it just it wasn't recognizable immediately but now that you said that I I think like I, I'm following yes. yes he
0: said he's really digging <laughs> me I, I know what to say <laughs>
2: Yeah, there you go. Yes, yes. thank I'm you.
1: So
0: in love.
2: Oh, <clears throat> praise the Lord, niggas.
0: <laughs> praise How the Lord.
3: Praise the Lord. I am uh, a bit under the weather, but I am doing, doing all right. right. I'm doing all right. No complaints.
2: Oh, same. My butt hurts still. The How? Okay,
3: string. so I I <laughs> need to ask you this. We were supposed to. You were supposed to have. Had an eventful into last week as you were going to your primary to have the requisite scans. And um, what's happening? What's going on? Update us, please. It still hurts, but still hurts.
2: But I did go to the doctor Mm -hmm. and I have um, a follow up. I have an appointment. I got a referral to an ortho. Okay, so I will be going to the ortho um, next week. You still have so had an MRI or anything? No. They said that the ortho will send me for the okay. MRI. I okay. said, okay. So I got muscle relaxers mm. and um, prescription strength leave is what my sister translated for me. <laughs> you know, she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, what the, is what they gave me right now. And I have to say, those muscle relaxers, you know.
3: Are you I'm feeling relaxed?
2: I I only take them at night. Um, I don't want to take them during the day because I have things to do and I don't need that. And Im- you know how I feel about all that anyway. I'm, it's not really my judge, But the pain just got to be so irritating. That I, I was like, all right, Western medication, come on in, sugar. You're invited for a little while, but then you've got to go home.
0: All so. right.
1: So oh. I've
2: been taking these. Uh, I took the muscle relaxers twice. Okay, and I woke up and my back didn't hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like my little pinch nerve and um, and spasms I've been having in my shoulder w- didn't hurt. I was like, and the leg was not hurting initially. After a while, you know, it starts to start it starts to kick in. Are but... we
3: still using your cane, Jade Daddy cane?
2: I am still using my cane. I'm still Jade Daddy cane. Mm. I think maybe. This week, I might try to move around without the cane
3: Well, don't do too much um, I don't think you should make any changes until you see the doctor And know what exactly uh, what is happening
2: I just, I'm ready I need to work out a little bit Like,
3: I'm feeling very <sighs> complacent I don't like it I, I need understand. to go walking I understand, but I just don't want <sighs> you to Without know. really knowing what we're working with or dealing with, I just wouldn't want you to wait, make anything worse than it already is. Right,
2: and exacerbate the, the, yes. the thing that's already yes. there. I, yes, yes. I'm gonna, I'm going to be responsible. I'm just gonna gain twelve pounds in the meantime. But whatever, healing
3: is. Healing is <laughs> is very long work. We know this, right? I'm gonna we, be
2: like Shataka, laying in the bed making frito pies. No, that's not what plate. you're
3: doing. That's yeah. not what you're doing at all. <laughs> Um, I'm a mobile. Okay, let me stop. It's okay, <laughs> but I'm glad that you are feeling better and we are on the road. I just it's, it is crazy Thank to you. me that we have to like like so much of our treatment hinges on you know the doctors and their I timelines. Know.
2: I know it's very annoying and I'm and it doesn't make any sense I'm like you know y'all are telling me don't do these things in the meantime but then you're like oh but we cannot see you for two weeks
3: exactly now. <laughs> it's like that's <laughs> kind of not craziness? feasible like what Mm-mm. no no no. Mm-hmm. no 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 but I'm glad that you're feeling better uh and we um, you, we're sister. going to continue to believe that we are making progress
2: We are. We're going to make progress here. And, you know, it still don't stop no show because, you know, when when this airs about two weeks ago, Kia... And myself yes. and Franiqua and Crystal Jean were guests on the very first stop of Dr. Joy's book tour for her new book. What Sister a time! Heels. What a time! What an honor and what a time!
3: We, were mean, thank Dr. Joy. Dr. Joy has really been a mainstay at the kitchen table. She's been here many truly. times, um, and I don't know that we. I mean, we've always uh, just really had a great deal of respect for her work. Yeah. Um yeah. and the way that she's impacting the world. But to really sort of see and be a part of what she's doing with Sisterhood Heals is to sort of made it real on a, a next level for me. So I just mm-hmm. want to acknowledge Dr. Joy for being the great gift yeah. that she has been to black women everywhere. For Absolutely. giving us permission. And uh tools and resources for prioritizing ourselves and our health. And with Sisterhood Heals, I think I love what she's doing to really sort of highlight the relationship, uh, the relationships that we create with with one another. <clears throat> Absolutely. <clears throat> How community Absolutely. has been uh su- such a pivotal piece of our of our uh of the ways that we care for ourselves and care for one another. So shout mm-hmm. out to Dr. Joy. I mean the brilliant, the one, the only Dr. Joy. Give her her flowers. I just the the change
2: in just the viewpoint on therapy in general um, over the last you know few years. Absolutely. Honestly, you know, a lot of our mothers are not willing. I'm not saying your mother is not willing, but a lot of our mothers are not willing to even touch therapy. You know what no, I'm saying? And so. Still.
3: Working hard for
2: us to be one generation behind and be advocating for it. and having ones like Dr. Joy to advocate for Black women um, to fully feel good yes. <laughs> within ourselves is just and you know and to and to give us permission to do that healing and do that work, I think is just such a beautiful, beautiful place. And she deserves so much just for opening up this space. Um, and I also want to shout out Ashley. Cherry, yes. uh, who Ashley. was facilitating, she works for uh, for Doctor Joy and Therapy for Black Girls, and was facilitating everything behind the scenes for the Sisterhood Heels uh, first stop of the tour. And Ashley, we are just really grateful for your. Um, your diligence in communication, mm-hmm. your clear communication and just really just handling everything so beautifully and, and seamlessly behind the scenes. I just think Absolutely. you deserve your flowers as well. So Absolutely. shout Actually, out to Dr. Joy. Get your copy of Sisterhood Heels. You're not going to be disappointed. Period.
3: Do it and do okay. it right
2: now. Dr. Joy got me together during the panel, okay? Because I had uh-huh. a there was very some live toxic action. viewpoint.
3: No, no, no. <laughs> it was. There was some live action reframing that had happened at the It uh, was. It was so loving, too. She, she asked the very question. Much what like, did she say? Perhaps we oh. should think about that another way. <laughs> she was
2: like, okay, I know who I had up here, but I'm going to have to pivot this uh-huh. really quickly. It was during the QA. Somebody said, how do you, have you ever had to handle friends who are jealous of your friendships and da, da, da. and I I was like what no we're not lovers why are you jealous and Dr. just saying, like stop being jealous okay wait a second <laughs> jealousy is
3: actually just an emotion that is saying it is, that it you, you need something expression. else and I yes. said Come it's on, an expression man. You better. of an unmet need and I That's think it. what a beautiful reframing of that. It right? was, jealousy it was. gets a bad rap, but oftentimes it is just an expression of an unmet need. And a lot of times if we are honest and admit the times when we feel envy or jealousy and if we to explore that, it is often connected to one of our own needs not being met. Mm, and mm-hmm. so like I was just like Wow Real time Real time It was reframing. And I appreciated it I don't ever mind A reframing <laughs> No no we're all, None of us Learn are Above me. correction Yes And Correction and learning Opportunity to sort of think about things from a different Viewpoint so that's that that's that Goodness that is Dr. Joy And shout out to Ashley and, and the, the entire show. Sisterhood Heals team Y'all go ahead yes and get Cafe con
2: Libros Sisterhood Heals oh, so Therapy for Black Girls Y'all go in um, and get that
3: Get that book so we can Get Dr. Joy down to the New York Times Bestsellers list if y'all could do hello. that for me Hello good morning
2: We that must she amazing. deserves it Wouldn't that be so, good it, it's going to happen for her. This is going to be a New York Times bestseller. I'm I already excited. know it is. I'm very We're excited. We're speaking it. So shout out to you, Dr. Joy. Congratulations again. We cannot wait to have you at the kitchen table to talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. Sisterhood Hills. Um. What else did I want to... Oh, before we move into our kitchen table, because we have a phenomenal, timely guest My who's Lord. coming through to talk about some very important things mm-hmm. that are currently going on in this world. Um. So, Twitter.
3: Let's talk about this Twitter thing real quick.
2: Whoa. Okay. Like it, what's. <laughs> so, limits. Like, what's going on? It's going down. The
3: Twitter it's- is now limiting the amount of tweets that we see per day. And if mm. we. I, I think I've I've seen a few different reports. But I've seen, like, you know, most of us who are using the basic free Twitter account that we've been using for the last 10, 12 years. Um, yeah. Yeah. If we use that, then we are only able to see maybe 600 tweets per day. And if we exceed that, then we have to wait a full 24 hours before we are able to see tweets again. Now, we can tweet, but if Uh we will not be able to see the flow of Twitter tweets, uh, that is usually our news feeds and timelines. You will get that thing at the top of your screen that many of us have seen throughout the weekend that says rate uh, limit exceeded
2: Ah, okay, and I—that's okay. that's based on what I
3: have seen. That's based on the articles and things that I have seen from my very cursory Google mm-hmm. Googleizations of these things, because I've not uh, done a lot of research into what's happening. But from what I understand, Elon Musk is really trying to get us out of here with <laughs> with our comments. That's what it sounds like to um, me. I don't know
2: what their reasoning is. I haven't read what the reasoning is behind it. Um, but
3: to me, I don't know that there has been a reasoning or rationale presented, but
2: you know, they be, you know, they like to say some bullshit a lot of times and mm-hmm. make up reasons on why something is the way that is. I was fixing the structure of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um,
3: Elon Musk announced issues. issues they are limiting. Limit. They're Verified trying to limit accounts. our communication with yeah. one
0: another. Verified accounts are limited
3: doing. to reading 10,000 posts a day. Unverified <laughs> accounts uh Uh, are limited to 1,000 posts a day. That's according to the CBS News. Um, And from what I understand, Elon Musk said that these are temporary, but he tweeted at around 1 p.m. about post-reading limits to address extreme levels of data scraping and system manipulation, saying that the following limits have been temporarily applied. Verified accounts are limited to reading. Oh, see... This is what I'm saying. Okay, later in the afternoon, he tweeted the rate limits will be increasing and up the daily limits to eight thousand posts for verified accounts, and they're now ten thousand um, in one k. So his announcement <laughs> came after thousands of Twitter users reported they were unable to use the social media app. Huh? So yeah, you're
2: trying to limit communication is what you're trying to do. They don't want black people talking to each other. They don't want us sharing <sighs> information with one another. We all know that. Twitter has been a very useful tool for uh, real-time updates about things that have been going on for over the past decade now. Um, And it's not lost on me that this is happening around the time of this Supreme Court rollback (sighs) of affirmative action, which we're going to talk more about in the kitchen table, and Mm. just all of the events of how they are trying to turn this country into (sighs) 1942. Soon. Soon so um and quickly so yeah it's that's this just seems like another method of just trying to limit how (laughs) we share information with one another worldwide
3: well we are not going silently into the night though and if you know you know but there are other apps that are hitting the waves Mm. and those of us who are perusing and getting yes. a feel of the new of the new things that are available to us. And so we will continue to commiserate on our end, but be keep, you know, we'll keep our ear to the ground to keep you guys apprised of what the happenings are. But I have had, you know, I'm doing some preliminaries, preliminings over, over yeah. there
2: on Did the you new, open I did. Did you open. sign
3: up? I did sign I up. I did as well. Yes. And so I think we will we will continue to check that out and then maybe perhaps we can have some more conversation i would actually love to get some of the creators of that of that space here to the kitchen table mm-hmm. to talk a little bit more about that. Oh, that would we'll, be great. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. And the and we're
2: not we're not uh, we're not being exclusionary. We're women. not. We just we want are, to sort of make we're sure gatekeeping. That we're,
3: yes, we're just covering <laughs> all of our bases yeah. uh, until we are able to share like we really yeah. like we really typically do. You know, when we can yes. share, we will. We just really need. Yeah. To sort oh, absolutely. Of, we just need to sort of get work some of the kinks out, get some things That's it. going. That's it.
2: All right. That's it. But I am excited for how um innovative black people are uh, mm-hmm. and how we will always figure out a way to communicate with one another and continue to figure out a way to survive in a society that absolutely loathes us. Mm. And with that being said, I think... We should head on into this kitchen table talk.
3: (laughs) My God, let's do it. It's a very important conversation. You guys get your notebooks and pens and things. There's lots. Oh, yes. Unfortunate things that we will unpack. But again, Black people and the workaround. We are working around. Hello. (laughs) Always. Period.
0: Oh, hello, sister. What's up, sister? So have you heard of the app Hinge?
3: Mm, I've heard a few things here and there, but I don't know
2: that much. Well, it's a dating app, you know, no, uh, not trying to throw any hints your direction, but (laughs) how some effort? (laughs) It's an intentional dating app. You know, we both speak very much about intentionality and all that we do. Do we Mm -hmm. not? We want to do stuff on purpose. Right. And so it's the app that is meant to be deleted.
3: Okay, well, I'm good at deleting apps. Yes.
2: Yeah. You know, you just build a little easy, you know, unique profile, use their feature called hinge prompts, and the prompts helps you showcase your personality and share mm. your interests and your humor and your, your dating intentions. Mm. Okay. Are you intrigued? I'm, just- <laughs> I'm not close. I'm not close.
3: Let's talk through it. Let's talk through it.
2: So they have a couple prompts, and I think I think it would be fun for us to do some of them together. You know, just a little <clears throat> warm-up, you know. So okay date vibes like what together we could (laughs) the best way to ask me out is by what's your date vibes looking like
3: uh have a plan have a plan young man have a okay, plan yes. I don't like yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like I have to make A lot of decisions In my life I have decision fatigue So if you make decisions For me Like mm-hmm. real Like good ones though Don't be out here Choosing chicken fingers And french fries For the table Cause okay <laughs> But
2: uh, We are grown <laughs> And what's the best way For somebody to ask you out
3: Just tell me What time to be ready Oh, oh! you like somebody to be assertive mm-hmm. Like I said, I have decision fatigue I'm making decisions all day long Tell me to be dressed at seven o'clock.
2: You don't want no him and hawing.
3: Yeah. If I'm telling you that I'm already available on Thursday night and then you say, OK, so what you want to do? I don't got time for that.
2: That's fair. You want somebody who's going to move with intentionality, which is why Hinge is so amazing Absolutely. because it's built to move with intentionality.
3: Absolutely. Uh, that 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 uh, particular chapter in your life is closed. But for those of us who are still exploring, it seems that Hinge is the place where that can happen. So if you're looking for a meaningful relationship, download Hinge today and meet someone great and then delete Hinge when it feels just
0: right. Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches, but there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to the kitchen table. Yet again, we are here to unpack Mm. the horrendous goings-ons of this horrible planet that we call home. And we have a special guest here to help us do that. I'm so excited because, you know, I love to extend the invitation to my friends and colleagues to Mm -hmm. join Jade and I at the kitchen table because I am blessed to be a person who has brilliant people around her at all times. I don't know how I got so fortunate, but we are very grateful. Because you're brilliant. Today, Um, well, we thank you. Today... I am very grateful to have my friend and colleague, Dr. Marshall Anthony, joining us to the kitchen table. Welcome, Dr. Anthony. How are you?
4: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having me. I am uh, glad that this is an extended weekend. Yes. Extended foolishness Cons- of last Yes,
3: week. <laughs> yes indeed, yes indeed uh, Marshall Anthony is a higher ed scholar He spent his life, his career working in the higher ed policy space mm-hmm. And we are here today uh, because the Supreme Court continues to undo all of our civil liberties as black and brown people in this country Uh, And we are here to discuss all that has happened that pertains to uh, the recent Supreme Court decision around uh, affirmative action. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Anthony is going to help us sort of to parse through what has actually happened, what it means for us, um, how and we're going to process this together as a family and then maybe talk a little bit about. Uh, Despite this feeling of heaviness that I have this heaviness and hopelessness and defeat we still must uh, we still have responsibilities to to do to do something to continue to fight on for ourselves and for our future and so we're going to talk a little bit about that so welcome again Dr. Anthony. Yes, blessed be the fruit. Uh, May the Lord open all of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just do the high, just to do the highlights, right? So, I think as of Thursday or Friday, was it Thursday or Friday? Thursday, Thursday. June thirtieth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Thursday, June thirtieth. Supreme Court met. And uh, basically, determined that the consideration of race in college admission, college university admission, was unconstitutional, mm-hmm. uh, and I d- believe in direct violation of uh, is it fourteen? Thir- I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think it is. One of those things. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, and so th- th- that with that decision, um, uh, colleges and universities are no longer uh legally allowed to consider race in the holistic uh review of college uh and graduate school applications and what that means is that you know um affirmative action laws that were passed years ago i believe seven states or is it seven or nine was it's it nine it's, uh-huh. it's about nine states have had already uh you know um at, at the state level uh, sort of roll back affirmative action But with this Supreme Court decision It is now a national um, Situation and so You know college admissions Talk talk us talk us from the beginning Okay let's talk about the um, What is it the Backey case Of 1978 how do mm-hmm. we get to this place Where race was uh, You know how, how, do, how do we get to the place Of affirmative action um, and then We can talk about what's happened more recently
4: Yeah so um, Affirmative action Uh Really came in the era of time of like this great society type of like all this legislation <laughs> in the '60s to correct, uh, you know, years and years and <laughs> years of exclusion <laughs> of mm-hmm. uh, black folks in uh, just America, um, and so it came around, uh, you know, President uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, one of the many, uh, you know, pieces of legislation policy act that he took was one of them was affirmative action. And so Mm -hmm. affirmative action was really meant to rectify um, like uh, just racial disparities historically um, in higher ed Mm -hmm. and government contracting. Um, But like you mentioned, it's sort of been under attack since its implementation. And we've seen a series of cases after cases after cases that Mm -hmm. have really peeled back uh its effectiveness in many ways we saw like okay well it can't be used as uh just looking at race alone then mm-hmm. it got where you just can't use quotas then we have mm-hmm. it where it has to be a part of holistic review and so um it was at least safe to say that most likely sometimes it's not the best to go to su- the supreme court because it typically yes gets saves, but roll back in many different ways and so mm-hmm. unfortunately we've seen the 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 ultimate rollback last mm-hmm. was a complete overturning of the decision, right? Mm. And
3: so mm. to address the systemic uh, elimination and oppression, or like you know, it's, black and brown people have been systemically, uh, you know, we've we've lacked access to educational opportunity. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
3: You know, affirmative action policies were policies that were enacted by the federal government Mm -hmm. uh, to try to to address some of that systemic exclusion Mm -hmm. um, by giving colleges and universities, um, you know, know, some means of looking at college admissions within the context of race and race relations in this country.
4: Which is hand in hand. Um, A lot of (laughs) people don't. Uh, realize how closely related um, Mm -hmm. or parallel that higher ed history moves with American history. Um, Correct. I always Mm -hmm. say like uh, the the, the first institution that we know, Harvard graded in 1636 shortly Mm -hmm. after the first recorded incident of a uh, enslaved person in the what will become U.S. in the United States 1619. So there's always been this, uh, I don't know, higher ed has always been this microcosm of larger society. Mm-hmm. It's also important mm-hmm. to recognize black people have always been a part of higher ed, even when we couldn't legally, despite the it, right? We built mm-hmm. the institutions, we saved a lot of the institutions, mm-hmm. um, chattel, uh, slavery by selling our people, and so when. Sometimes people talk about like what's fair and what's right. Uh, we never really got a fair shot in these uh, systems and ivory towers that we build with our own hands that unfortunately just kept us out of what we'll be- of what they will become.
2: And I so who else did affirmative action benefit outside of just hmm. black people?
4: <laughs> so the, the, the group that it benefited the most <laughs> were um, white women.
3: Huh. My uh, my. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. <laughs> my, my, my. My, my, my. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's
4: the group that, you know, Becky's with the good or not. Yeah. In the hair. Um, with us in here. yeah. benefited them the most out of it. And so there's also this, uh, this myth that we, black folks have been the only, recipients of it. I would even argue we never even saw the full potential of it in the first place mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like other groups have.
2: hmm hmm And it's interesting Pardon? that 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 uh, white men are not the only ones who have fought for this to be eradicated. Um, no. no. We no, got no. Clarence Thomas, black ass, <laughs> and <laughs> other white women who have benefited and are in the positions that they're in because of affirmative action who have fought against it.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of rhetoric that's been out there uh, around affirmative action um, recently and even, you know, throughout history. What has been... This is why it's so important. We talk about all the time around the kitchen table about how, like, having access to quality information, mm-hmm. being consumers of truth, uh, and, you know, it's, it's so critical because people love to be out here lying on you know, how things actually work. Right. And so mm-hmm. that being said, there's been a lot of conversation from the Asian American community. Uh, they have been uh, the most vocal around the ways in which affirmative action has been particularly harmful to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that has really been steeped in this notion of this, you know, model minority and all of the anti-blackness that comes um, you know, with this distancing from blackness mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, <clears throat> a lot of the Asian American community have deemed uh, last Thursday's decision as a victory, <laughs> uh, which has been which has been interesting. Um, Marshall, can you tell us a little bit about that history, what that that how we've gotten there, how we've gotten <laughs> so far from the truth? <laughs> As it pertains to what affirmative action actually is, how it actually functions, and then how people have been using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you saying.
4: know, I always say like I was uh, <laughs> my my training has been at the intersection of been trained by a historian, sociologist, dad, and an economist of education, and so all of those are at interplay. And then mm-hmm. my black experience, a black man from the south, um, where I didn't need any uh, schooling to. No theory. That's uh, correct. You know, personal experience. (laughs) If not, it's been like, oh, okay, Um, I hope. Right. So, (laughs) back to the, uh, um, you know, this notion that higher ed and uh, America have always had this interplay. uh, The unique portion about the racism part is the anti blackness of it all. Mm -hmm. And so, one thing that can, Unfortunately, in this country, what gets deemed as patriotic or American, especially even now we're literally having this conversation the weekend of the 4th of July, is anti-blackness. And mm-hmm. so sometimes you have communities of color that really want a shot at the American dream, that are coming from situations and um, countries and circumstances that we can't even imagine. Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the narrative is, what well, in order for me to assimilate or become, you know, a part of this country, and we can have a whole separate conversation about, you know, immigration rights and the conditions that put people in positions to uh, perform their American identity in a certain way, mm-hmm. one of the downsides is, in order for me to fully assimilate, is I have to adopt this anti-Black perspective, rhetoric, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. perceptions around there. And so just historically, we tend to always get the short end of the stick. Um, mm-hmm. Black folks do, even more specifically, I say Black women who have a unique, mm-hmm. um, uh, even more unique experience within this uh, country. Along with that, we move to <laughs> the misinformation campaign about a person mm-hmm. like one who is, who is historically benefited, as we just discussed. And, and and two um the concerted effort and ultimately effectiveness this past week that anti blackness is so ingrained in this country where you can literally take a few seats. Um because that's I mean, from one let's be on but. A, we can get into the more specifics later, but affirmative action was about race-conscious admission, particularly at selective or highly rejective institutions, which mm-hmm. Black folks are already largely underrepresented. In largely. Research.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, semi- within <laughs> the low, like five. Four, four to six percent.
4: Yes, of a hundred. yes mm-hmm. like,
3: like of one hundred. So four to six percent <laughs> of one hundred. Yes, like. even even with affirmative action, you know, we've never like under, I'm sorry to cut you off, but just oh. want to jump in here and say, brown people have never constituted more than ten percent of a population at mm-hmm. any of these institutions. Yes, mm-hmm.
4: and
3: yes. even with affirmative action. So to your point of underrepresentation, mm-hmm. still be the representation still being very marginal. Yes. Despite the the, uh, you know, the assistance or the help mm-hmm. uh, of affirmative action. Yeah. And a place um, in a
4: longer yes. context, black folks make about 13 percent of the country. And Correct. so we're not to even have an equitable share. We would still be underrepresented. But mm-hmm. it's Correct. not even close to the 13 percent. Right. It's not even close to 10. It's literally then a two, four, six percent range. And one of my previous uh, supervisors who passed away, Andrew Nichols, wrote uh, his last seminal mm-hmm. piece, uh, Segregation Forever, Um, Through um, the education trust that really talked about that and Mm -hmm. talked about how even over the past two decades, uh, our representation is becoming has declined even more. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, the fact that um, anti blackness has shaped a perspective Mm
1: -hmm. that literally
4: is unfounded um, Mm -hmm. is bizarre to me and then mm-hmm. to think about the few that are in the few of us who mm-hmm. are represented at these selective institutions to let me not get pissed but like to, to <laughs> the narrative that they didn't deserve to be there Correct. they don't qualify mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also speaks to the misinformation because i always say and i did this work for my dissertation work a lot of these selective institutions, they're not it's they're not um they're not letting black folks in just for shits and giggles. Can I say shits Mm. and giggles? Like they're just not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You have to meet certain merit qualifications to even get in the door. And Mm -hmm. so we, we too have to have the same GPA. We too have to have at least an average median, something with the standardized tests, which are also anti-black to Mm -hmm. even get in the door. And so, um, it's 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 just bizarre that that perspective had been used, and you know, you, there they received a bunch of amicus briefs, uh, statistical research that that further, um, you know, stand-up. found those yes. those claims mm-hmm. from students from fair uh, fair admission unfounded, and they still mm-hmm. just went with a perspective all because of misinformation, all because yes. of misconceptions intentionally. Rooted, yes. but largely rooted anti-blackness
3: There's mm. this notion That diversity sullies The quality of excellence mm-hmm. Or like you know you cannot have Diversity and, and right. excellence They cannot coexist mm-hmm. Because to offer black people seats Means that we are Lessening the quality The overall right. quality of the applicant And that speaks to this notion That the black people who were Admitted are were admitted via affirmative action were somehow less qualified than their white counterparts oh, yeah. and that has never been
4: true no never actually <laughs> and we are never been more true. qualified absolutely come from a background such as mine, and you know black folks are not a monolith but mm-hmm. s- systematically we lack wealth so to come in with already limited Ca- social capital, economic capital, to mm-hmm. still be able to meet the merit requirements to get in the school. I would argue that we have a greater... Re- That's why I issue sometimes when people talk about resilience, we have an even greater resilience and even greater grit To get our black asses in the door Mm -hmm. when the thing that's really uh, the issue that they should be arguing against, um, especially that subset of the Asian-American community, of the Asian community. It's not all, but that subset is the issue is like what you really should be looking at wasn't affirmative action. It's these legacy admissions, it's these standardized testing, it's this Mm mayor-based aid, it's these Mm -hmm. uh, college application fees. That's Mm -hmm. what's really keeping you back. Uh, from being in these uh, institutions that you claim are because of black folks. Fault.
3: All of those remain legal to this day. Uh, just wanted to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> legacy admissions, mm-hmm. uh, legacy admissions at these uh, very select, highly selective mm-hmm. institutions still remain uh, illegal. very much in fair play. 43% of the students admitted at Harvard are admitted because they are legacy that. admission. Mm-hmm. 43%, right? that's 43%. crazy. 43%. 43 percent right and we're still over here arguing over the six to eight percent of black people they don't want to uh you know let in black and brown people they we are arguing over those six to eight percent while 43 percent of students now legacy admissions hold more weight than actual you know meeting the requirements because many of these legacy admins mm-hmm. as the data show do not Or would not have met the admission required standards had it not been for the fact that their fathers and grandfathers uh, attended the, the institution. Absolutely not. And so all of these things we have to sort of like, you know, let's 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 think about it all. Let's put all of these things into perspective here. And we as as black and brown people, we have to arm ourselves with the knowledge and the information that is accurate. And true, and veritable, and verifiable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah. Uh, versus what we hear in the media, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and
3: getting getting caught up. I too, I got caught up. Had to steady myself. Right. Almost got caught up <laughs> going back and forth with that Candace Owens. Right. Oh, who, gosh. who, oh, you gosh. know, who, who was raising her? Of course. Uh, uh, her is down to the shade room And I just helped the people in the shade room Comments to remember that That, that Candace Owens dropped out of the University Of Rhode Island Okay. Okay. (laughs) And attending attending a university does not make you an expert on admissions or how admissions ought to be run. Okay. And so she is not (laughs) someone, she is not someone that we ought to be listening to. No. Her perspectives, her opinions are just that. Opinions. Okay. okay? And so just because she can see both
2: sides of the room at the same time does not mean that she knows all.
4: (laughs) No. That's just that. And instead of coming she is for not at all action, qualified. Yes. they should have been coming for mediocrity in action, right? Period. Because that's that's where the fundamental root is, and, and even now, I'll be honest with you. Like I've I've seen even some of the coverage when the um, last Thursday, and since then, like the coverage of it is just not accounting for these contextual not, issues, and are still it's not. I, my issue is a lot of the hosts um, or the people that are interviewing folks. Are not actively pushing back against what against the misinformation they're just letting it slide so if you're saying if it's like well black folks are not getting like they're not they don't qualify where where's the evidence of that you know uh-huh. we, we we qualify over all these metrics and it's just further pushing this narrative and unfortunately it's not a new thing the communications no. around affirmative action has been uh hasn't been the best and we saw that right. even in california in 2020 when they tried to repeal their ban on affirmative action once people um understood it and um, they did see more people like oh yes i completely understand it because unfortunately the folks who are just not uh not fans of affirmative action they have and it's not even uh, effective um but they you know in a way they have effectively branded it as being this policy lover that has pushed discrimination when that's right. really not what it is. And so I think that those who are pro affirmative action just haven't really found a messaging strategy that is just easy to pick up. And that's just something we see in politics. Well yeah we
3: have to be very careful because you know as is is the case with a lot of these policies or you know people want to talk about the policy or they want to talk about the figure without the surrounding context We can even have this conversation around CRT like people want to just talk about CRT without the larger history and context of what the theory is what it was created for how it is to be used CRT what is that Critical race theory. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And this is what, what you know, DeSantis got people thinking that children in elementary schools are learning this. And yes. uh, they yeah. are not. <laughs> they're not. They're not at they all are actually. They're not.
4: In grad school. Like, in a high, high school. wait,
3: I mean, deep down in grad yes. school. I mean, yes. deep. It's not yes. like, it is not something that, you, you know, you have to be a very intentioned yes. person. I took a critical race theory class. at at Columbia yes Mm -hmm. and it was not you know it was not no accident I knew that I was taking a class in critical race theory Mm -hmm. I knew what critical race theory was and I was trying to learn more about its use and application in my particular field and so I took a course to that effect Mm -hmm. so and and you know with without the without the context Mm -hmm. of that people just sort of uh attach and now we have all of these people just attaching any discussion of race relations in this country to CRT and Mm -hmm. and I don't know how we got there but we just get we get so far away from uh Speaking about things in context, we cannot hold anything. Like, we, if we look at, even at these admissions, if we look at these emission statistics without the proper context, that's how misinformation gets spread. And mm-hmm. to your point, Marsha, I think I would like to see more uh, news outlets and people uh, talking on these news outlets really talking about these things within the historical, mm-hmm. sociopolitical context of what is happening, what they mean, how we got here. Because without that, you know... Yeah, this is why you got white women in the PTA meeting saying stop teaching my child CRT, and it's like, girl, that's not happening. They're not right. even you teaching crazy. BRT. Like it's exactly. not even like, I don't. like there's nothing. Like what do you you sound crazy? <laughs> no,
4: they're not teaching it, and then also even how some of the misinformation is presented. Affirmative mm-hmm. action is often talked about in terms of enrollment, but it's right. not talked about also mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of something that I've been advocating behind the scenes is an admitted to data so when you apply mm-hmm. to college they mm-hmm. get an application rate right that's there and then it's how many actually did the school admit and mm, then of right. those admit there's a thing called yield you know, how many did you yield and typically colleges will um, like over admit because typically they only get about 50% of the people who will agree to come and then you get to enrollment. The issue oh, they'd be
2: overselling of, the seats,
4: like the airlines.
3: Hell yeah, right, like on okay. the airlines.
4: <laughs> that literally, <Okay>. literally <laughs> that's what it is. And so, <laughs> but we only have clear, um, at least data that's disaggregated by race um, um, and by gender for enrollment. We can't even see what that admin by race mm-hmm. data looks like or even mm. application by data. You can go to an individual college, but it's not within the... It's not... Uh, required to be federally reported. And so okay. there is a part of this decision that um, we, you know, unless we go to every individual school and say, I wanna see your application rate by race, I wanna see your admin rate by race, um, I, I think there are even gonna be some nuances that we don't even pick up with what's federally reported. Hence why we've been arguing like for the ed department to release those data points because some yeah. schools collect them. But they're not most likely going to federally report it because it's. I mean, they can even hold up. You know, the the enrollment data already looks a mess um, in terms mm-hmm. of the disparities, and so you know, my next, you know, my question is also well, you know, if these institutions care so much about <laughs> rate, I, I did find it was slightly interesting, and I can now speak about it now. But I'm like, you know, of the colleges that uh, were. In favor of affirmative action, I would challenge them to say, you know, when we look at their enrollment data, it's still a mess. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm so I often ask, you know, how to what extent did you care? Um, Yeah. Even your enrollment data still um, falls. uh, It's just still has an underrepresentation of black people there when you Mm. compare it to the percentage of black people that's in the state, which is which is a uh, which should be something that especially public schools. Uphold because mm. public schools get their money from tax dollars.
2: Mm. So I know this is a very <sighs> new decision. Mm. Oh, well, Lord. So- <laughs> and everybody's just kind of wrapping their heads around it. But to the both of you, what would the next steps be, do you think, in this and helping children who are trying to enroll and, in, and apply and now they have this? Blooming over, what what would the next thing be?
4: Yeah, so I would say one of the pieces of silver lining um, is that a lot of people have been having this conversation about what should the next step to be. Um, mm-hmm. I released up op-ed about it in last December, talked about like, hey, there are steps that the Biden Harris administration can take now to combat it. Let's get a hold. One, they you know any institution which are majority of them over six thousand receive Title IV federal financial aid dollars. And so Mm -hmm. there are, um, you know, standards and protocols that they have to adhere to from the education department and the education department can play a a critical role in helping Mm -hmm. to roll back uh, uh, the, you know, various other measures that Mm anti-Blackness or racism has showed in, as we mentioned, standardized tests, merit-based aid, application Mm -hmm. fees. Uh, ending transcript withholdings. Uh, So many students are only having to pay, you know, have a $20 parking or library fines and can't get their transcripts. That's ridiculous. Mm, That is ridiculous. so also they want people to think, like, that racism is just only within affirmative action. It's throughout the fabric of the higher ed system. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I believe that they should, you know, throw everything at the wall um, in order to create a system where, you know, we can still have it where it serves... um, you, it can better serve black folks. Um, so that's okay. one thing. Convening commission of admissions experts, as <laughs> the kid
0: had mm. about.
4: Um, and they have mentioned a couple of these things. Uh, luckily, there was a <laughs> from the education department right after the decision that said we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And I would mm. say, you know, sort of lastly, but most important, what has been absent of the conversation of affirmative action is, um, you know, minority serving institutions. Luckily, mm. MSIs, historically Black Colleges and Universities, prioritize the uh, education of Black folks before affirmative action, during mm-hmm. affirmative action, and will continue to do so after the fact, right? And I, I think that, you know, to be able to still have something that we can call our own that is still going to be here to support us, I think yeah. is commendable. The downside is these institutions are underfunded. And so just under you can go say, if all of incoming Black folks or current Black students decided to go, um, all of us decided to go to MSIs to be educated, um, receive a better quality education, which they do for our people, you know, we, that has to go in tandem with ensuring these institutions get their funding. And we see in several states, um, including uh, Tennessee, Maryland, Luckily, mm-hmm. the uh, lawsuit was agreed to be passed. Uh, FAMU is um, suing the state of Florida to get mm. all of these, um, to get their money back um, that they have been absent from or underfunded for several decades. And so that mm. has to go hand in hand in order for um, those institutions to have the equitable resources to support them. If not, we we are on the track um, back mm-hmm. pre-1954 We most likely will have a separate education system that is unequal, that put us in the situation in the first Mm. place. And so I am glad that the administration is like putting a call to action and saying, let's invest in institutions. Um, But it's going to have to take a concerted effort to make sure that happens.
3: I think a lot of institutions have also been very vocal releasing lots of different statements and commitments and promises that they will still hold equity, inclusion, diversity uh, a very high value on their campuses. And I think as consumers, as families, as folks who are enrolling or potential enrollees at these institutions, we do have the right to ask the questions that need to be asked. Absolutely. And to, to really ask people to really show me how, how, OK, so how how sway how if you say that you if you are still committed yes. to um, to serving underserved, historically marginalized populations, admitting mm-hmm. those students, if you say those students are still welcome on your campuses. Yes. Now it's time to really put your money where your mouth is and really demonstrate to these families mm-hmm. how you're going to um, you know ensure that their education uh, won't be negatively impacted by this by this policy change. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to, now's the time for us to pay attention. We have to go to campuses to visit, to ask questions, and to really push people yeah. on, on these things. Uh, you know, because institutions, even though they... Uh, You know Will have limitations As far uh, As you know Considering race In in admissions You know Mm -hmm. There will be other ways In which they can They will They will now be forced To demonstrate Their commitments to DEI On their campuses And it's okay For us to ask people Okay so how y'all Going to do that (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not It's more than okay It's actually required We actually must Do that Because to Marshall's point um, Unfortunately Our our MSIs Are not researched to to educate all of our students and so mm-hmm. many of our students will still be forced to attend pre- predominantly white institutions uh, that that will be the only options that they will have as far as their post-secondary education mm-hmm. and as such you know we have we have got to to really work to see Uh, what other uh, things can be put in place to support these students and families. But all of these things still matter. Ask questions. We still have to find our ways to vote. Elections matter. Uh, Yeah, especially now. Especially now. (laughs) Especially now. I mean, we see all the way up, uh, you know, how this has implications, you know, nationally with, uh, you know, Supreme Court seats and all of that. But even locally, thinking about Mm -hmm. how money is spent, uh how these you know who who determines who makes these determinations about funding um at the local level these are these are the kinds of questions that we need to be asking um of ourselves uh as far as our local government is concerned yeah. as well because mm-hmm. it really does make a difference yeah. mm-hmm. and and
4: for the um white allies or any allies that are non-black with funding that want to donate uh they're funding to HBCUs. And we can talk about HBCUs mm-hmm. specifically considering the context of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Make those funds unrestricted so those schools can do what they need. They know how to best serve My their Lord. students. Um, yes. And so a lot of times we get the headlines, but we won't see how the how the funds are classified and to talk mm-hmm. about like why it's important. You know, HBCUs have a cumulative endowment of about two billion dollars um, mm. while more than 50 50 predominantly mm. white institutions on their own have more <laughs> in endowment more funds, than... right? And so then all um,
3: 107 HBCUs put together. Yeah, mm.
4: it's just it's just wow. And so um donate your money, but trust that the the institutional <laughs> leaders who are experts in this know how to use the funds, and to the institutional leaders too. Like <clears throat> ensure that you're using those funds to best serve um best serve the the myriad of students who are there. We also mm-hmm. know in the, the literature that not everyone has the same experience. Mm-hmm. Um even amongst our own uh community where the, whether that and be H- HBCU, yeah, Black Church, you know, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. ensure that there are resources that support that support students holistic needs because clearly clearly uh if we don't do it then who? And so exactly. it is a matter of you know, literal, like this is the way that this is our only option um, is to make sure we're great at the home front. Um, mm-hmm. to, because if, if not, then I am even more deeply concerned about what our completion, attainment, yeah. uh, retention, like all mm-hmm. of the, and then ultimately um, our wages, and like which we are already um, quality of life, because of yeah. structural racism mm-hmm. puts us right. behind. Um, and so my, my my fears that are gonna be, you know, either we're gonna uh, widen uh the racial wealth gap, the gendered racial wealth gap. And so mm-hmm. it's it's really up to the institutions I'm glad you that said that. work to make it happen. I'm glad mm. you
3: said that because, you know, this is my little soapbox that I that I stay on around here and getting growing. It's, you know, we love scholarships. Right. We love we mm-hmm. love to give the babies money. But we have to remember that we are often writing checks to send students to institutions that are falling down. And so I want to thank you for saying how important, you know, that unrestricted funds I would love, you know, and I'm not saying that to stop giving the children scholarships because we absolutely do need to support our students, but we need to be supporting our institutions in like manner. Mm-hmm. And scholarship monies only go as far as they go, right? But if we are to complement some of those investments of scholarships for students with some uh, investments into the institutional capacity of these um, minority serving institutions, then and only then will we have the leverage to really make a difference to really mm-hmm. try to address this gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And can um, because, I also mention you know, a, a, a very please.
4: Uh, something to, to, to my fellow black folks that went to um, predominantly white institutions for you know it's a range of reasons why we have decided to go. It is perfectly okay to mm-hmm. give yes. your black dollars back to an HBC. Better than a okay. lot of the schools. More than okay, that say, many of us have yes. went to that are predominantly white. Ha- they can they they are self-sustaining. And so it is it is not bizarre. It is not weird. Give your back money to invest in um, the institutions uh, that that uh, we all have HBCU connection, whether we like it or not. I mean, absolutely in the the fabric of black social and economic mobility at the root of that. And so give that money back and don't feel no no ways tired um i know a lot of us tend to like make it specifically for if we give to the predominantly white institution we will restrict those funds to a certain program mm-hmm. um but also make sure especially considering a lot of these anti uh, diversity equity and inclusion policies what's uh-huh. going to happen if your <laughs> institute if your alma mater is in a state that's literally disbanding the program, mm-hmm. that, that one or two programs that you were giving to, I think, again, this is a, another perfect example where it's, okay, bet, let me give it over here. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, the, the likelihood, there's a greater likelihood that your dollars will go directly to the needs of Black students. Um, and so I'm a champion of that.
2: I love that you said that. Absolutely.
3: Thank you, Marshall. We yes. have only, like, this has been a really comprehensive conversation um, we would love to continue it But yeah. you know, I think you've given us Sort of the, the the What we need to know Of what's happening right now um, How we can really understand And make sense of what this all means mm-hmm. um, Just bear in mind That you know, it's the elimination Of the consideration of race and admissions is not just like oh these are black people We are letting them into Our, into our institution right now It's basically saying we cannot consider the fact the ways in which race has been a determining factor in their lives Mm -hmm. so the fact that they have not had access to certain opportunities or the same opportunities as their counterparts because of their race that's what colleges are not able to consider Mm in in admissions um so let's be conscious consumers of information Let us continue to ask questions of people who we know have the right answer uh, and take everything with a grain of salt. Is there anything you want to leave our listening audience with as we sort of think about how we move forward from here?
4: Yeah, I would honestly say off that point, because I know a a lot of the discussion, especially in mainstream news or consumption, is on Mm -hmm. race-blind and race-neutral approaches. Those approaches, researchers have studied them. Those approaches do not guarantee racial diversity um, and, it, and they actually ignore systemic barriers that, you know, mm-hmm. prospective students of color uh, can breach. Uh, you know, well, we hear what about income? What about zip code? What about the, the best proxy for race is race itself? Um, mm-hmm. and, and we have evidence that including mm-hmm. in those states with bans on affirmative action, the enrollment um, of black and um, Latinx students, uh, at publicly funded flagships, decline they they decrease. Mm-hmm. It inhibit their economic mobility, and mm-hmm. so at, you know. However, we can do it within the within the confines of legality. Um, race must be centered, and I think it, if if we're in a content creator culture now, I think it's uh, I, I think it's the you know we can lean on the zeitgeist of the moment and find really mm-hmm. innovative strategies to still center race in college admissions.
3: Mm hmm. I love that. Yes. Thank you. I, well, we will link your op ed and other resources in the description box so that folks want to sort of uh, walk away from this conversation with some resources that they mm-hmm. can use to continue, uh, you know, to inform, you know, their Future steps, trajectories work in this area. We will do that. You're always welcome to come back. Thank you yes. for sharing um, you know uh, all of you and your work on this platform. We really appreciate you. Um, and we have to continue to find our way to fight and um, you know move forward despite the conditions. I think one of the things that we do well, particularly well as our superpower as black people, is you know we move around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You, you, know, <laughs> you know, they cut us off at one way and we move around. Yeah, you we, know. Are not, we will not, we will not be deterred. No. We will continue to do what it is that we've set out to do. We got an underground railroad our way right on out of this. No. Um,
4: sure we will. <laughs> <laughs> and save the country from itself yet again. Absolutely. And again. Because that's again.
3: In, what we continue to do.
2: I do want y'all to know that the, when Clarence Thomas kicks it, I'm going to host a block party and I that's, I just want everybody to know that everybody's welcome. Hot links galore, chicken wings, potato salad. It's going to be a celebration. I will be there. Yes. Same.
3: And I will bring the devil egg. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you all. Yes. Thank you so much, Marshall. We appreciate you. Let the people know where they can find and follow you if you'd like.
4: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of of the podcast and the work that y'all are doing to really just get information out to the people in the community. And I think uh, at a time like this and for the years that you all have been doing this, I I applaud you for it. And it's uh, truly innovative in this approach. But yes, please follow me on, uh, you can find me on Twitter at MCAnthonyJR, MCAnthonyJR. Um, I'm there on Twitter. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can just type in my name, Marshall Anthony Jr. there. Um, and follow me and I'll follow right back so thank you so much for having me
2: of course thank you thank you thank you Dr. Marshall we'll talk to you again soon thank you so much Audible proudly celebrates 50 years of hip-hop 50 years of culture that birthed the most prolific storytellers of our time respect the movement respect the moment and celebrate the storytellers hear brand new hip-hop memoirs podcasts and exclusive musical performances on Audible free free all summer long, like new volumes from Audible's groundbreaking words plus music series, including Snoop Dogg's From the Streets to the Suites, Yasin Bey's A Dynamic Career in Communications, and Lil' Kim's The Audacity of Lil' Kim. DJ Dramas Gangsta Grills feature in the mixtape legend and conversation with hip hop greats like 2 Chainz, Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, GZTI, and Pharrell. Binge-worthy audible original series like The Greatest Day that takes listeners inside the making of hip-hop's greatest photograph. Double XL Magazine's iconic 1998 cover that saw over 100 of the day's greatest hip-hop artists assembled for one legendary image. Ooh, let me tell you kids, what a time. Chuck D's Can You Dig It? about a gang peace treaty in the Bronx set the stage for the rise of hip-hop culture or The Motherlode, featuring hip-hop heavies like MC Light, Angie Martinez, retracing the history and future of hip-hop through the lens of its most influential female contributors. Hear unforgettable hip-hop originals like these and more essential stories on Audible. Listen free. Go to audible.com slash gg. That's audible.com slash gg.
1: You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
3: All right. I mean, a juicy kitchen table for your nerves. We're going Ooh. to close out this conversation. In this episode, with our last few graduation announcements, we just have a couple to uh, get through here, and so Jade and I are going to jump in and finish these out, um, and then we'll some close- positivity
2: behind yes. all the negativity. This happening. is what we
3: need. This is how we are pivoting um, to sort of to, to get us back uh, in the way of speaking love and light. Um, All right. So let's move. We have an announcement from uh, Shanta. uh, And this is uh, this reads hello to my beautiful cousins, Jade and Kia. I'm writing to congratulate my daughter, Sarah Sullivan, for accomplishing her high school diploma um, from Venus High in Los Angeles. I'm grateful for her. Uh, I love her and I wish her continued success on her future endeavors. And that's from her mom, Shanta. So thank you, Shanta, for writing in thank and congratulations you to young Sarah Sullivan, of Venus Home. Come High on, Sarah. School. Yes. Congratulations, Boo. I
2: love this. We stories. are wishing you uh, very well in your next steps of your life. Absolutely. Our next one comes from Zalika. Hey. And she says, hello, cousins, doctor. Praise the Lord, niggas. Hello, cousins, Dr. Takiya and Chef Jade. (laughs) Let me start by saying, though, I may not know you both personally. You feel like family. So you're family in my head. All right. Oh, we love you back. I'm sending this graduation shout out for my beautiful goddaughter, Miss Shanice Randolph Corbin, my Tootsie Roll that's it on May 18th I, she said Tootie Roll but I'm gonna assume that's Tootsie <laughs> Roll on May 18th 2023 she graduated from Suffolk Community College with her associate's degree in culinary arts restaurant management brr, 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 brr. to say I am proud of her is an understatement the last couple of years she's dealt with a lot of obstacles including attacks to her health but she pushed through and succeeded I know she will continue to do amazing things thanks for always celebrating the graduates from the God- Godmother of now Chef Shanice. Come on, Shanice. Congratulations. And Zalika, thank you so much for writing
3: in. And thank you for the pictures.
2: Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me see. Oh,
3: yes. Come on, Chef Shawnees. Chef Sharnese. You better contour. (laughs) 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 You look amazing. You look amazing. Yes, you do. And our next announcement reads, hi, Chef Jade and Dr. Kia. Love this podcast. And this is my first graduation. Shout out. I absolutely love this tradition. Happy to join in. I've been waiting for this. My name is Amara. I would like to shout out my nephew, Lumiere who graduated Lumiere. from PK, pre-K this June, as his Haitian father intended with his name, Lumiere has brought such a light into our family's life. As a young black boy, I love watching how joyous you are and authentically uh, how authentically you enjoy life. Shout out to my sister who is gently parenting him despite how much he pushes her buttons. I am, active, I am actively watching her undo our own generational family trauma and heal herself through her parenting. Shout out to my brother-in-law who ensured that there was zero wrinkle regalia. Lumiere was the freshest four-year-old with the Merlot three-piece suit go ahead
0: Come
3: on, here's a picture so y'all can not only see the level of detail but the personality of my amazing nephew love you so much lumiere from your tt keep shining boo oh
2: yeah look at lumiere look at these shades and first of all pose on
0: them lumiere pose on them i mean
3: it's the accessories for me okay it's (laughs) giving it's everything It's, it's looks it is looks okay lumiere
2: Yo, Lumiere, don't ever let nobody call you nothing else. Period. Okay. I love Don't this let them for shorten it. Us. Don't know. Like, Lumiere, that's it. Okay. Period. No I last like name. It. I love it. I love it so <laughs> yes. much. Yes. All right. Next up, it says Doc- Dear Dr. Kia and Chef Jade, I am very proud to shout out my damn self I know that's for right. graduating with honors from the Amsterdam University of Applied Sciences with a bachelor's in law. It took me a long time, including a few heartbreaks and a depression, to get here. But I got it. I will follow up this degree with a master's in law and I'll eventually go on to become a judge. Black judges are rare in the Netherlands. Come on. I want to thank myself for not giving up and keeping my eyes on the prize. Furthermore, I'd like to thank my friends and my family for their undying support. And I'd really like to thank you two and Mm -hmm. The Reed for getting me through it when I thought I wouldn't make it. You lift up black people by being yourselves, and that's what I needed a lot of times, to be lifted. I hope to shout out myself again in the future. In the meantime, please never stop doing what you're doing. P.S. Chef Jade, you mentioned on the show we didn't have good food here in the Netherlands, and I personally think you only went for the Dutch white food. <laughs> Actually, didn't you? Did mention you love be So hit me up the next time you visit, and Free. I'll show you and get some bomb food that's in it. Amsterdam. I appreciate All that. We is the Much love and appreciation, and that's from Geraldo no Waldo, Faldo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Congratulations, Congratulations. Geraldo. Congratulations. And we can't wait to hear about Judge Geraldo. I know
3: that's right. Um, hi Chef Jaden Dr. Kia I want to send a graduation shout out to my baby sister Sydney McNeil she graduated summa cum laude from Rowan University she was able to do this despite ending her senior year in high school on a truly awful note due to the panorama she missed her Mm -hmm. senior trip her senior prom and a proper high school graduation and all of the fun uh, end of the year events she missed all of that only to start college with the same circumstances and missed out on the true college experience still she persevered and I couldn't and be more proud love you sydney and that's from aaron thank you for sending this aaron shout out to you sydney and thank you uh you know i'm proud of you too girl because what an ashy way Absolutely. to start in in uh your career college um career but you did it and you did what needed to be done And here you are in your regalia i hope you are as proud of you as we are of you shout out you, okay. sydney
2: come on here shout out to you boo All right. Next up. Good evening, Chef Jaden, Dr. Kia. I hope I'm not too late. You're not. not. But I would love to congratulate my baby girl, Miss Cassidy Andrea Francine McDonald on graduating from pre-K. She has tested into kindergarten early and is reading, writing and doing simple math. I'm so proud of my little diva, and I know she will be someone great. I can't wait to see what life has in store for her. Love her, proud mommy, Soraya. Oh, yes! Look at her. She's four. She says she's a she's a tall four year old. I know that's right. She's adorable. Team tall is what she is. Tall supremacy out here. Is this the? Is this a helicopter? What's this? The Barbie. What's this? Is
3: This
2: the Barbie helicopter.
3: I mean, it's very intense.
2: Go ahead, Miss Cassidy, Andrea, Francine, McDonald, do amazing things, baby girl.
3: Very proud of you, girl. Um, Super cute. All right. The next email is actually not an announcement, but a question. (laughs) And so we will continue on to the announcement, which reads, me finally graduated, y'all uh thank you for sending the pics hi Jade and kia y'all don't understand how grateful to the heavens i am that i found your podcast two years ago i needed a safe space to remove my mask and your podcast have done just that so thank you i'm jamaican born and raised and moved to chicago at 17 year- years old by myself to pursue higher education let's just say the first two years living here didn't count as my mental health um uh, and my current environment was that of a 2000's Madea movie oh Jesus mm. <laughs> anyways oh, I have finally <laughs> graduated from DePaul University with a bachelor's in business management and has successfully landed an okay paying tech role right out of school this is a long time coming as the devil did try hard to keep me down but the Lord said uh uh-uh, uh stop and I'm grateful <laughs> I'm living in a space of gratefulness, and I love you, ladies, so much. I love the safe place that is your kitchen table, and I wish you both enormous peace and blessings for your future. Thank you for giving me the space to feel celebrated, and that is from Maddie, 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 Maddie Kalu. Thank you, Maddie. Come Maddie, on, Maddie. You look amazing in your graduation flick. Okay, and are, congratulations okay, to you. The boobs are sitting. I mean, the legs are glistening. The skin is you look amazing okay it's given. it's given. big up yourself absolutely we love it and we love you yes thank you everyone for sending in your graduation announcements the next mini soul will be on uh will be made available super soon but it's already available down to patreon so make sure that you're checking that out if you are uh, a member of our select And special community there.
2: Oh, hello. Come join us.
3: These are the last.
2: This is our last of the graduation announcements for this season. So shout out to all of the 2022 and 2023 grads. We are super, super, super proud of you. And um, as Kia and I continue to expand, we are still trying to find ways where we can celebrate with you all uh, a little different. So, but Damn. we're going to keep these graduation announcements going as long as we're here because everybody deserves, um, deserves to be celebrated. So yes, from getting grown, we love you all. Congratulations.
1: I know that's and
2: right. we're going to close this out with a little petty peeve. Are we
3: sis? Let's do it. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Cause everybody know I can be real petty. P E to the T T Y honey.
2: It's time for the petty peeves. And I don't know if you've seen. I feel like the times might have done something on it. The gnats this year.
3: I've heard. I've heard. It, they're also here. They're so bad. I don't know what like, kind of vermin I, or pestilence.
2: <laughs> pestilence, okay? Because clearly, we are living in the times. Mm. <laughs> Like, what do I need to do? S- uh, smear some lamb's blood on my door? Like, get this shit out of here. I'm over it. And so I've been putting little um, little teeny cups of, of like, vinegar and Dawn dish soap so that it catches them. You know, so when they fly in, it's like, nigga, you dead. Uh, but they are out of control this year. That is, it's not an exaggeration. I don't even have any fruit out no i don't have no fruit out i no. clean like i don't let trill's food sit out like that like it's just it's bad this year and i'm like between that and the haze we haven't had a proper summer and it's all it's july the now. haze the,
3: the haze,
2: haze man The haze. oh
3: it's i was like this
2: every year for the past
3: <laughs> it's intense
2: four years now <laughs> Niggas are living very, just, I don't know, the side of the (laughs) times. That's all I can think to myself. I don't know what the hell is happening, but it's awful. And we need a revolution. Yes. What's your petty peeve?
3: Um, My petty peeve, I don't really know. I I think what is top of mind for me is, you know, on the heels of our last conversation about, like, self-acceptance and accepting that our bodies are changing uh i am very much in a place where i am i'm being sort of tested in in that regard right because when i see mm. like you know i feel like consciously i see that i am you know training i'm working out i'm trying to be diligent trying to be consistent and like we said last week, you know, the body responds as it wants to, not like it used mm-hmm. to. Um, no. And sometimes I ease, I get yeah. very discouraged. Like, you know, I look at footage, pictures, you know, and, you know, and I I still get very much in my feelings because it feels like it's not working. But I just have to sort of work through all of my mental hurdle around yes. uh You know, so I guess I I want to find a way to be at ease and content with Mm -hmm. who I am and -hmm. the way that my body is bodying right now and try Mm -hmm. to find space to be grateful. Um, But sometimes, you know, like I see myself sitting in that chair and I'm like, wow, I still look big as L. (laughs) And I just have to sort of work through. I have to work through. And this is just me being honest that my mm-hmm. petty, my mm-hmm. petty peeve right now is that I am struggling internally with um, you know, just the the image stuff that mm-hmm. i you know, mm-hmm. the the work that I'm and I feel like I'm trying to make progress. And sometimes I do feel like I am making progress, but it's just not one mm-hmm. of those days where I'm feeling progressive
2: <laughs> <laughs> no that's fair <laughs> yeah. that's fair I mean listen body there's body dysmorphia there's body you know body challenge with body acceptance and, and shifts and changes and when you're used to being a certain way and you realize you're probably never going to be that way again that's another kind of settling that you have to do and yeah. it just be like that sometimes I mean I think that's just the long enough be like that sometimes yeah man you know, sometimes sometimes it's for a week, sometimes it's for a little period. Mm-hmm. But you'll there. You can fall into it. Take a I day, eat adjust. you some rice cakes, yeah. sit on the couch, watch TV, and then the next day you'll celebrate the fact that your body can do all that gym shit that you be doing.
3: Yes, that's what I will do. But I just want to be honest, and for those of us who mm-hmm. maybe. You know, every day is not going to be an amazing day. Every day is not, you're not going to feel like you are, you know, Weird. doing it, doing the damn mm-hmm. thing every day. You're not going to feel like that every day, but you have to find a way to continue to show up and push through. Um, But also, like you said, it's, it's create space to allow those feelings, just honor those feelings and accept that that's what you feel. Um Yeah. But not sort of let the feelings subsume you. So. That's where Mm -hmm. I am. And if that's where you are, know that you are not in it by yourself. Okay. No, sometimes because I told you you, I'm very,
2: I'm feeling very sedentary with this fucking leg. (laughs) I mean, even though I'm doing shit still, I still feel like Mm. I can't do what I want. And you're right. I just gotta, in order not to make this shit more irritated, I just have to let it be until we know what's what. And if that means that I gained seven pounds in the interim, then so the fuck what? You'll lose it back.
0: Yeah, it's fine. You'll lose it
2: back. I ain't never, you know, I, it's not like I've, it's like I'd be in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> all is well. It's, it's not all like i would well. be there. I'd be well. outside frolicking though. And I'm mad that this has stopped my frolics.
3: Well, the air is, the air quality is terrible.
2: The air quality is all. Do you know we went to the water park the other day? Okay, you know what? Petty peeve part two. Okay, we went to the water park the other day Uh because we're trying to give multiple days to Noah of celebration, mini celebrations Mm -hmm. for her tenth birthday. I mean, the big big one zero.
3: It's given a decade of Noah. How are you feeling about that, sis? What is that? How does that? feel I've had some challenging moments. Really? Tell me. Tell me. I mean, what is
2: challenging? Well, just sometimes looking at her and being like, damn, Mm. you're never going to be little again. And you were just little. It's so crazy. (laughs) very small. And then Tristan's ass is going to tell me that he was like, in five years, she's going to be 15. And I was like, please, shut the fuck up. I need to lay down.
3: (laughs) I need to lay down. Like,
2: Let's focus on right now and right now. I can't. Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) In five years.
2: I can't. Yeah. And you know what? You know what? In all honesty, too. It has, um, it, it like kind of puts mortality in your face more so, you know, where you'd be like, this nigga grows rapidly, <laughs> which means I grow rapidly, <laughs> which means what like, is happening in 10 years, you'll be this, yeah. in 10 years, I'll be that. My God. And, you know, l- listen, th- those are, that's a whole nother conversation, <laughs> but also, um, you know, it's also awesome to be mm. able to be like, I have kept you breathing. What
1: a what a you blessing. Know, and,
2: fed yes. and like, you know. Cause when I remember when she was a baby before before she started talking, I remember having a moment being like, what's it gonna be like when you start talking? Mm. Like you like how do you, you say and then maybe it was my high mind, but I'm like, how <laughs> do you learn? English you're Mm. gonna learn it through (laughs) us how do you learn like conversation (laughs) skills you're gonna have to pick that up through us right at the crib and like at school and shit of course but as a baby that's where you learn language and learn how to communicate and I would think that to myself when she was a baby like that's so crazy how you all like just develop into these little people and so now as she's 10 and just having these conversations and saying shit to me like mujer please, <laughs> <laughs> mujer, please. it's just you know you just have these moments <laughs> where you reflect and be like there was a time when you didn't talk yeah and now you talk too damn much and that's because you learned from us wow and it's just so you know it's just it's Maybe I'm high right now. I don't know. I usually <laughs> am. But <laughs> but it's it's pretty awesome that mm. we have kept her uh you know alive and that she's like, you know, just growing into her own person and and it's really awesome to see those personality traits continue to just like pop up like flowers. Mm. And I can't wait to see what else she does, but also like not too quickly. Yes. Yeah that was what a beautiful in a nutshell reflection. of Noah turning 10 and Noah how fucked 10. with me and then of course you know you have everybody else because as much as we tell people stay out of people's uteruses they don't um, so of course there's also the thoughts of people like she's 10 and y'all still talking about like are you gonna uh, uh. I'm like please 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 Mind please, piece, please 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 please. <laughs> so like, so that's a that's another another conversation mm. but
0: yeah but
2: that's this episode of Getting Grown. Thank you all so much. Thank you to Dr. Marshall for coming through yes, and Marshall and really explaining what affirmative action is. And yeah. I love when you bring the academics to the table because it allows me to sit in these conversations that you know y'all be having that, that I impact never, you ever, as a parent,
3: you know. right? Because exactly like we're talking you know? about, you know, it won't be long before Noah starts to make her decisions as what she wants to do after her secondary education, and it's important yeah. for us to sort of be armed with all of what, all of the truth of what is actually happening versus exactly what the media will have us to believe about exactly. Because the one question
2: I wanted to ask you all, but I said, I'm going to save this for when Dr. Marshall comes back, because I know that we're going to host a series of conversations, especially given everything that's going on, Um, is, you know, what kind of questions for a parent like me who have to go through this process with my child and is, is not privy to all of the ins and outs of the higher education space what kind of questions do we need to be asking in these processes so i think to continue these conversations where they are impactful because they 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 mean something to all of us right whether it be your godchildren, your nieces your nephews your own whatever the case is this is the this is our future so we need to know how to handle it with our children and i appreciate the spaces y'all are in to do that
3: We are definitely, thank you, we are definitely going to have more conversation because, I mean, the more that I think about this and we think about what's important and what's necessary as far as sort of um, arming ourselves with uh, Mm -hmm. accurate information, Mm -hmm. I think we just need to go back to the basics and do like sort of a walking through uh, I think there's so many people that don't understand all that goes into admissions decisions on a college campus. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All of the things that a college considers when determining who gets at access and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so why yep. it's important for us to think about that and why it's important for you as a parent to go in asking the right questions. What are the ways that this institution thinks about that so that we can make the decisions that we need to around whether or not to apply and what our application materials need to look like? Absolutely. Absolutely if this is the place we want it. So we're going to do that. We're going to do a, a unpack. Unpacking is sort of one-on-one, all that we need to know about student debt because student debt mm-hmm. continues to be a pervasive problem uh, for those of us who are borrowers and those of us who are, mm-hmm. you know, entering the post-secondary space and thinking about our options. Um, mm-hmm. It's also important for us to talk about it from that angle as well. So we're going to have more conversations into the fall about this yeah. um, because... You know, it is my desire to continue to make scholarship accessible. Scholarship is not limited to the ivory towers, not limited to the publishable spaces uh, mm-hmm. that com- where com- academics conventionally have discourse. But there needs to be conversation and connection to the community, and that's one of the things mm-hmm. that I've really worked very hard to make sure that getting grown does so. Yes.
2: Stay yes, tuned. And I appreciate that. Stay yeah, tuned. stay tuned for these conversations. And they the, listen, y'all know I be here to 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 ask the questions mm-hmm. for the niggas who don't even understand what's being said. No, <laughs> this is a community team effort for, sure. for us all to be educated. And we're grateful for the black people in these academic spaces who um, do this work so that they can bring it back to the community. That's what we're supposed to be doing in all aspects. So. That is it. Thank you, Dr. Marshall. And uh, thank you. All of you, make sure you hit up the Patreon if you'd like to get the video version, ad-free versions of all of this, Uh, pre-shows, and so much more. Um, And sis, take them out. Tell them what to do.
3: Make sure that you are moisturizing your insides by attending to the business that is yours and yours alone. You also want to Mm -hmm. moisturize your internal organs by drinking um, as much water as your body can sustain. And then you also want to moisturize your largest external organ, and that being your skin. Why, sis? Mm -hmm.
2: Because your black will crows freak
3: if it's dry. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Don't say we didn't tell you.
2: What's a freak? Crows freak. All right, freak. Bye. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) bye.